Thanks for checking out this week's sermon from Bonavista Baptist Church. We invite, encourage, and equip you to be fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. Thanks so much to Mr. Eric McComish and some of our youth for doing the scripture reading for us today. You did a great job. And thanks to everyone who has been willing to put themselves out there, be on YouTube, and read scripture for us as a congregation. We love hearing your voices. We love seeing your faces. And it's just a reminder to us that we're still part of this congregation together. So thanks for participating in that way. And we look forward to many more opportunities in the coming months to do just that. Well, we're coming to the end of our sermon series in Luke's Gospel. We've been exploring the parables that are unique to Luke. So these are stories of Jesus, parables, that you'll only find in Luke's Gospel. And we've got two final ones to look at today. And at first, these parables seem very different to me. But as I've been reflecting on them the last couple of weeks, I realize that there's surprising similarities between these two parables, the parable of the unjust judge and the widow, and the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector. And we're going to explore that together just a little bit today. Uh, The first parable is really directed toward the disciples. It's an encouraging parable. It's meant to encourage them to keep on praying. The second parable is directed toward the Pharisees, and it's meant to correct them or at least point out where they're going wrong so that they might correct themselves. So in the first parable, the hero of the story is a widow, and she's desperate. Uh, She normally wouldn't be allowed to go into a court hearing or even to be part of those kind of proceedings because she's a woman, Uh, but she has no advocate, so she's desperate. In the second parable, the hero is a tax collector, and he is also desperate. That's the common bond they have between them. He's so ashamed of who he is and what he does that he won't even go near during the public prayers, near to the temple. And so he just stands away far off, even calls himself the sinner. Well, in the first parable, the antagonist is an unjust judge, and he's shameless. He has no shame. He has no regard for God. He doesn't respect other people. He probably responds to bribes, but he's shameless. In the second parable, the antagonist is a Pharisee, and he's also shameless. He has no shame in the way he presents himself to the audience around him. Uh, He has an inflated sense of importance. He doesn't respect God, even though he, he thinks he does, And he really is just there to put on a show. So he's shameless. Well, in the first parable, the surface lesson that we find in the parable is all about prayer. And that's really important for us to get. That's what Jesus starts out with to encourage people to keep on praying and not give up. Don't give up praying. Keep on asking. Keep on seeking. Keep on knocking. That's a a common refrain that we find from Jesus. And we find that in that first parable. But we find that God will respond not just to shut you up or because he's tired of you, but actually because he's not like the unjust judge. He's not like that character. He actually cares for you. And that's why he will respond. So 
keep on whatever you have on your heart that you've been praying for, maybe for a long time. Keep on praying, says Jesus. Well, the second parable, the surface lesson, is also about prayer. And it's a little bit different, but it, it's kind of along the same lines. It's the humble prayer that gets God's attention, so to speak, not the abundance of words. So pray honestly, pray simply, pray humbly. So the first parable encourages us to keep on praying. The second parable tells us to stay humble in our prayers. And that's it. That's really the lesson of the parables that we have before us today. But I don't want us to stop there. I want us to actually dig a little bit deeper because as important as prayer is, and we have to focus on that, there is an underlying theme that ties both of these parables together. And the underlying message is a message of justice. That's part of the underlying theme of both these parables. And in fact, an underlying theme throughout all of Luke's Gospels in these parables that are unique. We can see that in the first parable. Uh, even the unjust judge says, I will see that she gets justice. And Jesus turns that into a statement when he says, And will not God bring justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Justice is part of this theme. But it's also part of the second parable. Jesus says, I tell you that this man, the tax collector, rather than the other, went home justified before God. He was made right. He was made whole because that is a key component of justice. Is that a person or a situation or a wrong is made right, is made whole. And so this idea of justice underlies both those parables. And it's justice for the poor, for the oppressed, for the marginalized. That's really at the heart of these parables in Luke's gospel. This is consistent with the whole theme of Luke. And Jesus warned us that this would be the approach he would take throughout his ministry. Right at the beginning of Luke's gospel, Jesus reads from the scroll in Isaiah. And he opens it up and he reads these words. That the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. Jesus says, that's going to be my focus. And so if the rest of you get a little bit out of shape about this, too bad. That's what I'm called to do. That's why the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, to preach good news to the poor. Well, we might be tempted to think that Jesus maybe had a preferential option for the poor, that maybe he loves the poor and the oppressed and the marginalized more than others. We, we might be even tempted to think that he despised the insider or despised the wealthy or despised the privilege. But that's simply not the case. And, and that's the nuance that we have to pick up on. Even though Jesus directs his attention to the poor, it doesn't mean that he loves the others any less. And that's a consistent theme throughout the parables that Jesus has been telling us. The shepherd, for instance, he cares for all 100 sheep, but it's the one that's lost that needs his special attention. The woman in the parable values all 10 coins, but the one that's lost requires some extra effort. 
The father really loves both his sons in that story that we read together. But it's the one who's lost is now found. So let's celebrate that. And we could go on. The rich man and Lazarus, they were both children. They were both sons of Abraham. But it's Lazarus that received special attention and comfort. Everyone in some of the other parables, everyone is invited to the banquet. But the ones on the streets seem to need extra encouragement. Compel them to come in to my banquet. In these parables that we just read, everyone deserves justice. That's very true. But this particular woman, this widow, had no advocate. Or everyone is invited to pray in the second parable we read today. But this tax collector was very aware of his own need before God. Do you see the theme? That that God's love does not exclude anyone. That God so loved the whole world, and that's the truth we have to hold on to. But Luke also calls us to show that love especially to the last, to the lost, and to the least among us. So how do we respond to that challenge today? I just want to be upfront and honest with you as we wrestle through this together. Because these ideals are are fantastic. They're great. As we look back over Scripture, over Luke's Gospel as we love and enjoy these parables, as we dig into them. But unless they transform our hearts, unless they transform our behaviors, then the word has fallen on hard soil. And so we we want to be receptive to God's word and responsive to the Spirit's action within us. And so I just want to have an honest conversation as we finish up this sermon and the sermon series together. I want to ask the question, Who are considered the last, the lost, and the least among us today? Who are the most vulnerable, not somewhere far away, but right on our own doorstep? We don't need to go very far before we encounter brokenness, perhaps in our own hearts, in our own neighbors, in our own families, in our own communities, in our own country. Brokenness is right here among us. And and I think God is calling us to pay special attention to this. Let me give you some stats. Some of these might be familiar to you. Some of them might shock you. I dug them up in order to try and make this idea a reality in my own heart. And that's why I share them with you. You know that 3,000 people are experiencing homelessness in Calgary right now. And although we've made incredible improvements in the homelessness situation, um, it still is a real challenge for people who are very vulnerable for all kinds of reasons. 235,000 people each year in Canada experience homelessness. In Canada, there are 11 suicides each day. It's the ninth leading cause of death in Canada. Um, After accidents, it's the second leading cause of death among people aged 15 to 24. There's, There's some vulnerability there. There's some brokenness that exists, and perhaps that has touched your own life as well. The suicide rates for Inuit youth are amongst the highest in the world, at 11 times the national average. Human trafficking, uh, even slavery today, it's something that we think of maybe in the past or in some far-off country, but human trafficking is on the rise right here in Canada and right here in Calgary, especially sex trafficking. Over 300 reported cases happened last year, and that's just the ones that are reported And so you can imagine the extent of the issue. 
Speaking of 300, there are almost 300 abortions each day in Canada. And we, we think of the loss of life that represents, but also think of the brokenness in, in the women um, that go through that process and, and come to that conclusion. And whatever's happening in their life in that moment, it, it represents a vulnerability within our culture and within our country. There were 3,800 fentanyl deaths in 2019. 94% of those were accidental. You know, of all reported crime, of all reported violent crime, more than a quarter resulted from family violence. Almost 67% of family violence victims were women and girls. And then as we've gone through this COVID-19 situation, it was just shocking to me to hear that over 80% of Canada's deaths from COVID-19 are seniors living in Canada's long-term care homes. And I think that's just a a shame on us. Uh, It's a a vulnerable population that we're meant to protect and take extra care of. And so we are being called, I think, to pay attention. We could go on. We could talk about veterans in Canada. We could talk about uh, the issue of racism and, and those that are victims of racist rants and activities in Canada. We could go on to talk about um, the Aboriginal population and, and the need for water on the reserves. We've got a list, and I think you know the list. Each of us do. Well, how would the Pharisees respond if they were around us today and hearing this list that I just gave to you? I wonder if they would say, not at my table. I don't want any of those over for dinner. Or, or maybe they would say, look, they brought this on themselves. They're obviously cursed by God. Or perhaps they would say, we need to protect the purity of our community by keeping these people out. And I'm sure they would say, look, they are the sinners. How would Jesus respond? We used to have those bracelets. I know it was a little cheesy. WWJD, what would Jesus do? And we've kind of ditched that. But it's a valid question from time to time. And as I've given that list and I'm having this conversation now, What would Jesus do in this situation? Well, according to Luke's gospel, as far as we understand, I think he would make room for them at the table. He would touch them. He would tell stories in which they are the heroes. He would advocate for them and elevate them. He would be with them, to be present among them. And ultimately, he would and did Give his life for them. Luke chapter 19 and verse 10 sums all of this up for us. And I think it really sums the series up. It sums the heart of these parables up for us in one simple verse. It says this, For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. And so should we.